Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello, hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm Harmony Slater and I am your host. And today I'm joined not just by Russell Case, who will be here, of course, but also our guest today is Allison Stover. Now, you might not know Allison Stover. She is an authorized teacher, although she doesn't teach full-time. She's actually an actress pursuing an acting career in L.A. And so, you know, like many of us, we've had to overcome different obstacles uh, in our life, but also obstacles that come up regarding the physicality of the practice. And Allison is also no stranger to this. We're going to do a deep dive into her very colorful story. She's lived a very adventurous life, which I know you're going to enjoy listening to. We're also going to talk a little bit about some health issues she had uh, with her adrenal glands and how yoga, the practice of yoga, can help to decrease stress, but also how it might uh, perpetuate stress if not practiced in the correct way. And how she is now, how she's learned to manage um, this disorder that she has and also thrive in her life. Um, So this is just a lovely story with um, a lot of different takeaways about health and healing and practice over time. And I hope that you enjoy meeting Allison and are able to connect with uh, her fun, vivacious personality and uh, really take something special away from this interview. So without further ado, here's Allison Stover. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Harmony, and I'm here with Russell. And Harmony, our dear friend, yeah. Allison Stover, as a contender for the most interesting person alive. <laughs> she is an authorized Ashtanga yoga teacher in California, but also, a, and forgive me if this is all wrong, but this is how I, how I called you, a veteran high-powered studio executive at Sony, uh. <laughs> an actor. <laughs> Uh, you have an incredible health story that you, we hope that you'll you'll share with us. It's fascinating. Most interesting persons typically survive multiple close encounters with death, and our guest today is no exception. <laughs> Bless your heart. Oh my goodness! What a yeah. nice introduction. Yeah, and I have to say that I I did not. Knowing you all all those years and Encinitas and and rubbing elbows with you, I never heard the Florida in your voice. I think you really calmed that down for the L.A. crowd. Oh, my God. You're from Jacksonville. You're a full Southerner. Um, yes, North Florida, Southern Georgia. When, North I, I, Florida's I, I, deep south. Oh, I think so. They, I mean, know, they, my, raised, they raised Yankees down in Miami, but like you are like deep south. Yeah, but my dad was from the from um, Virginia, Washington D.C., and my mom was mm-hmm. from New York. They just happened to settle in oh. Jacksonville, Florida, wow. after they met in Bermuda, lived in New Mexico, all over the place because they, they like the, the sun. federal government. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they You're, settled there. Yeah, your dad was an auditor for the federal government. Is that right? Yes, he was. What is yes, that? What does was. that mean? Um, like an accountant, but would audit the books to make sure everything was on the up and up. 
Ah. Yeah. He was in charge of that for the entire country? Well, I don't know that he was in charge of it. He was, But all I know is he was an auditor. Well, how many are for there? For the federal I don't know. I don't or even. Is there think just that's... the one auditor, or is there like hundreds, thousands? <laughs> I'm just a few hundreds. <laughs> oh, okay. And there's probably even auditors of the auditors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It was health, education, and welfare, the department okay. that he worked for, oh, cool. and then I think that has become a different. You know, they've got a different title yeah, or whatever. Because they, they got do. rid of health, education, and welfare in the states. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need they an certainly... auditor anymore. Now, just take your Canadian bigotry. <laughs> And just tamp that down for just a minute. Uh, your mother was uh, an air, was she a model? Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. Can yes, you tell us more was. about her and how did a auditor for the federal government land a model? I don't know, but it was it was his. <laughs> she was his prize. Oh. Um, she bless her heart. She's from Long Island, and then she was um, a powers model. Um, and it what was is so that? funny. What's a Powers? John model? John Robert Powers. It was a pot. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is she. This is when she was a young girl, which is probably around the thirties. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirties going yeah. into the forties. Um, John Roberts. John Robert Powers was a prestigious modeling agency at the time. In fact, I met the daughter of one of the men who ran it. At, at UCLA at the surgeon's office one day. Oh, wow. And, uh, and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, because her daughter's a big model now. Mm-hmm. And chit-chat, chit-chat. Sometimes I can't keep my mouth shut. You know, I talk to a <laughs> perfect stranger as if they're my best friend. Uh-huh. And we boiled down to that. And she's sending me pictures. And it was like an oh, my God moment. You know, it was great. But then, but my mother was, she was Miss Beechnut in the New York World's Fair. And she was always about, I was this, I was that. I took a troop ship to Hawaii. She worked for a big publicist, Benjamin Saunders in New York, mm-hmm. who happened to one of his clients was Wild Bill Donovan, who oh. started the CIA. Oh, and wow. he took a liking to my mother and my mother wanted to go to the Pacific something corridor, you know, where the fighting was. And, you know, and she was a young girl. So they put her on a troop ship to Hawaii, Mitchell Field, and she worked there on top secret projects. You mean like an 18 year old, not like a four year old? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, something I didn't, you know, around Maybe there. A young woman, not like a, <laughs> a young woman, yeah, not like early twenties. Yeah, it would have to be at this point. Um, and um, so she always regaled my sister and I with her big stories and <laughs> meeting, you know, all these Hollywood movie stars, you know, that were yeah. in the army back then. Right. They were right. at Mitchell Field and. You know, so I and we'd sit up late at night watching the old movies when I was a child. And so I think that's where I got my, oh, you know, my grandiose illusions of, um, you know, wanting to be an actor. She really gave you that confidence to be an actor then. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she she did. She was going (laughs) to put you in in the soaps. You were going to be a soap. After. Yes, I never forgave them for not doing that. Yeah, um, you yeah, said that. You well, said that your dad understandably said no, but I didn't understand that. What do you mean, understandably? Understand. Why I'd be? Well, it, it would have been. 
I think he wanted his girls to grow up, go to college, right? Um, have a good childhood. You know, perhaps child actors, you know, kind of grew up to be a mess or mm. whatever, but he wanted us to have an education and that was yeah. very important to him. And beside the fact, you know, going back and forth from New York might have been somewhat of a, you know, issue yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So. yeah. Were you doing a lot of acting and taking courses at the time? Because you, you described yourself as a kind of like being a very sporty, outdoorsy kid and Yep, grew up in the woods, yeah. woods across yeah. the street. And that was so that was a great childhood building forts in the woods and always athletic, was on the swim team at the age of four and five at the Pontevedra Club in uh, Pontevedra Beach, Florida, which is south of Jacksonville Beach and Mom took me how, taught me how to swim. You know, she would put me on the side of the pool when I was like three and take off going, don't leave the side. And I'm like, okay. and, uh, <laughs> it, it was a, it was a great, I miss the beach. I mean, even though the beach is just down the street, you know, these days it's like, I can't, I haven't been to the beach, you know, in years right. to hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. lived in Malibu for five years and that was beautiful. And I was mm-hmm. like, probably yeah. stayed in that relationship longer than I should have because I would have Because missed. of the beach. Because yeah. of living at the beach. But I lost my twang. You mentioned. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah. You mentioned my, um, I, uh, when I came out to Los Angeles in 85, it took me a minute to get here. I, um was in classes classes and more classes and i had this one teacher and i worked very hard to get rid of my southern accent Mm -hmm. and so one day in class i'm like i'm gonna throw in my southern accent you know and so i used it in the scene and i looked at the teacher she's like don't do that Ah! (laughs) what are you talking about i'm sounds fake did it sound fake to her i guess i don't know but all i have to do is call it my sister and, yeah, um, and the twang, will, the twang will start yeah. coming out once they start talking. All I have to do is go to a Saints bar, and it comes out, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, why they ain't putting the running back through the the line. I mean, why, why <laughs> would you bounce it outside when you can just go, go right through the line? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> cool. Cool. so i'm trying this is this next step is real confusing Mm. to me is that you're Mm. a sporty kid your dad's in dc that kind of makes sense your mom's a model you're going towards acting were you in high school were you kind of a um an elite member of the academic squad? Like, cause I'm trying oh, to God, figure no, out. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. But no, you no, go no. to college and you study multinational business operations. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand where, which way you're going in life. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> but you know, when I look back on the experiences that I've had, yeah, there's a pattern yeah. and I couldn't have planned it anymore. One of my biggest pet peeves, like when I used to go for interviews, they say, you know, those interview questions that you need to prepare yourself for, like, where do you want to be in five years? I'm like, you know, you know, I'm like, not here. You're like above ground. (laughs) I want to be an actor. What are you talking about? You know, but let me just get this job so I can support myself. Yeah. Um, You know, I graduate. I think I mentioned, yes, I um. 
I didn't know what to do with myself. High school, I slept through high school. I barely graduated. I graduated. Wow. I'm like, where am I going to go? I went to the junior college. I got in a car accident. My mother's like, you need to get out of the house. She called up FSU, found a way for me to go. My dad, we packed my suitcase and he carted me off to Florida State, dropped my bags off and said goodbye. And I'm like, okay, I'm in college now. <laughs> and so I um, persevered. And I, you know, my dad is like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to be an actor. And he's like, no, 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 you, you should get a degree in business. And I'm like, okay. And international business always intrigued me because I like the world mm -hmm. and I'm interested in other cultures. And I had been to Spain in 1976 and I enjoyed it. And so I'm getting a degree in business, but multinational business operations was the easiest major in the business school. Perfect. And so I got that. And while I was doing that, um, I ran across an international student organization called ISEC, which was operating in 55 countries. And every year they'd have a student exchange program. And so I, you know, I got heavily involved in that program because it was interesting and it was like the best kept secret at the university. And it was like there were very few people that were interested in it. And we would have regional conferences. We would have national conferences and we would go out in our areas to raise internships for foreign students. Mm -hmm. And I really dug that because it was practical. And talking to presidents of insurance companies and getting them to sponsor a foreign student. And I really loved that. And, and I got matched to a job in Istanbul. It was oh, a fastener yeah. manufacturer, nuts and bolts. Yeah. And, um, this, the son of the owner was my age and we kind of had a little fling. Um, oh. it was great. And I used to go over to oh, the Turkish um, men are fabulous. My, oh, my I, I can't wait to go back. I mean, <laughs> I'm this, sure. is not, this is 1978. But before wow. I did that, um, I graduated and I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, well, I wasn't quite ready to work. I thought that you were sort of interested in in the CIA as a career path. Well, yes, 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 yes. Getting to that. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So, no, no, no. Okay. So then I go to, um, I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I didn't want to get an MBA. Right. Um, and so maybe I can work on a master's in, it, it was a different department. It was like government, international mm -hmm. relations. So at that point, I'm thinking, oh, I've always wanted to be in the CIA. Oh, that sounds so intriguing, you know? And, um, you know, here's this young girl. Nobody's going to think that I'm a spy. No. And, yeah. I um, wouldn't think that you're a spy right now, and you might be, for all I know. <laughs> no, I'm not a doctor, but I have played one on TV. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm sure you have. The, um, I... I'm in the program, you know, and my professor, I'm still like sleeping my way through class, not, not sleeping with people to get through classes, but yeah. falling asleep. You know, I wouldn't judge you, ma'am. Literally <laughs> sleeping. Mm. <laughs> Literally. Okay. So um, then I'm in this, do you remember the EST program? It I was do. like in the 70s, English right? is a second language No, program? no, 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 no. This is, um, it was a Warner, Warner, what's his name? Warner um, Herzog? 
no, he's a, he's a director. No, Werner something. I don't remember. Um, it would be the self-actualization oh, program. That program. Oh, I remember yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah, Werner. we were just watching a TV show, yeah. uh, Americans, and Est was a big part of that yes. show. Oh, I'm going to write that down. What what TV show? The Americans? The is Americans yes. is a great show. A great is that with Harry Russell? That yes. is right. And she was in, in the... She was and in the, one of my acting classes. Go ahead. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah, well, she she Felicity. acted her she acted her butt off in this show and uh, had sex with a lot of different men. And her men. husband's in it, too. Her husband gets involved with the EST program like in the show. Yeah. Oh, wow. And is trying that. to to self-actualize himself because the FBI agent that he's trying to turn is also in the program. But oh. as he turns out, he kind of like, starts to really help him. I'm going to have to watch that. There were a lot of seasons. I'm going to have a lot. There are, episode. but it's worth it. It's, it's worth so every good. episode. Wait, so good. Her, her husband is Reese. What's That's right. Yeah. He oh, yeah. is uh, uh, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Yeah, currently. yeah. I, was on, I, I had a day on Perry Mason. And I asked wow. him to get off of it oh, because God. there was so much smoke. And that was around <laughs> oh, the no. time that I was going through a lot of personal stuff. Yeah, um, that's and rough. Like, Oh my God, person, you know, and both of my parents died from cigarette smoking. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was sure. really triggering, but I wish I'd stayed on it. I would have made a lot of money. But anyway, mm. to digress, um, at Florida State, I happened to see a flyer once for this program called mm. the International. It wasn't EST, it was ISA self actualization. Right. And I'm like, I need to be self-actualized. What so does that I mean, try, though? You know, you just get processed and told you're an asshole and, you know, just to be a better person, you know. Oh, I could use that. You, you yeah. can't go to the bathroom. You have to hold your pee. And uh, that, that's what that's what Harmony S could use that. That's the training that <laughs> it, you and like I both it. should sign up for S. <laughs> no, it's, it's the uh, precursor of that other program that that – everyone's into i mean not everyone but urinary really tract popular. infections are us is that what? no what, <laughs> what? what is that is something going on now no you don't have a uti now i don't i'm certainly no. could this... learn some boundary uh <laughs> yeah, yeah help with boundaries well, that's all right russell i'm not offended yet okay <laughs> um no, it was ISA, Institute for Self-Actualization, mm -hmm. and the founder of this program was from Denmark, and okay. his brother was the captain of a 60-foot sailboat, and the captain and the first mate were, um, they were, what, what do you call them, psychologists and sociologists, and they were rehabilitating <laughs> these two teenage boys right. um, by sailing at yeah. sea for a year. Yeah, and the first you... mate and I kind of had a little thing, and um, they asked me <laughs> if I wanted to to join them on the sailboat across, you know, when they were going home. It's a it is a hell of a thing to be told either smarten up or you're going over the side, and it's like a oh it's life changing. Oh my god, it was it well, it was a life changing thing. It took us about thirty five days at sea. There were um, there were. <laughs> Let's see, there were eight of us and a dog, oh. and um, it was pretty intense. We had gale force winds for three days. I thought you I was said, dead. You thought you were going to die. I did. Did, did the sailor, did the captain think you were going to die? 
Well, let me put it this way. When you see the captain and the first mate scared and shaking, um, it's like, shut the F up. There's no nonsense going on. It's survival. And we'd all have to be on the wheel. Um, We'd have to be on the wheel four hours a day. Uh, The captain and the first mate were on the wheel like in four-hour shifts, and then the rest of us were two-hour shifts. And it was amazing. It was really incredible. And like I said, I will probably never forgive myself for doing that to my parents. Oh, yeah. yeah. You did it to your parents, yeah. And, you know, being – this is 1978. You know, there was very little – you know, we could radio – like three days out, uh, we left. I met them at Grand Central Station. And, Your parents or the guys? No, no. no. Uh, the, um, the, the, the sailboat. Yeah. The sailboat the folks. Crew, yeah. Uh, met them at Grand Central. <laughs> they wanted me to sail with them for a few days just to get a feeling of, you know, if, you know, if it was going to work out for a month, because there's nowhere to go once you're out yeah. in the ocean. Right. And uh, we did that for a few days. And, and then we decided that I was going to do it. And it was, it was intense, like three days out, um, the captain's girlfriend, she was from Denmark as well. She, we thought she had a, appendicitis. So oh they God. radio, they radioed the Coast Guard and this huge Coast Guard cutter came and they picked her up and they took her to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we had to change our course to go pick her up oh and she God. was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she got back on the boat and we left from Halifax. And so that was a crazy experience. The only thing I can remember is uh, going to take a shower and having to hold on to the walls Jesus. <laughs> because I was still rocking, you know, from oh being on gosh. the boat for a few yeah. days. Um, so it was a beautiful experience. We had um, one day the first mate and I were on the wheel and I just remember seeing the sun. I can't, I can't even keep straight. What was what? I think the sun was coming up in front of us. And there was a full moon behind us oh, that was setting. Wow. And it was wow. like, wow. And we would take bucket baths. But yeah. the, the North Atlantic was cold. And yeah. I hadn't brought enough warm clothing. You know, here I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be nude sunbathing. We're right. going, you know, I'm with Europeans. <laughs> you know, it's going to be fun um Should have brought your parka good. instead <laughs> oh my god but i borrowed some sweaters and and yeah. it was fine but i think we all took a bath like i think the most we ever took a bath in those 35 days is once or twice because it was a bucket over the head yeah and um and, oh and then gosh. we, we uh, it 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 was a great experience but it was also the year because I remember getting off the boat and going, I got off the boat and went to Rudisheim where I had a friend from Florida state. And, um, and then I went to Istanbul. I couldn't figure out if I should go. And my dad's like, come home, come home. And right, I'm still yeah, being rebellious, you know? And, yeah. Um, and you had I a thing of, with the guy in Turkey, right? Like that was a, it was a kind of a, yes, a little thing, not a big yeah. thing, a little, you know, like we worked thing. together, a friend. Um, okay. And, um, but I remember he was working on a degree in hotel management at the University okay. of Istanbul, I guess. 
And I would go with him every day and I would hang out at the university and I met all the Americans that were there. Yeah. yeah. And it was beautiful. It was, it was really great. Um, and where was I going with that? I can't remember. Well, at that point, you oh, were oh, 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 oh. asked let me to finish. come back let me finish. to I FSU. Found it. I found I it. Wait, wait, oh, wait. you did. I remembered. <laughs> um, that was the year, a month after we landed. Yeah. The QE2. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The, the first mate and I were on the boat, and we looked off to the right. Yeah. And I see all these lights. And he radioed. Mm-hmm. It was the QE2 going to New York. And on their way back, they came closer to us. I mean, and this was just like so exciting to see the huge boat. And my friend Susan and I are waving, take us with you. You know, it was so fun. <laughs> and um, What's and the QE2? Queen Elizabeth II. It's a big oh! luxury liner. Oh, luxury liner. amazing. Yes, yes. So I'm going to conclude that story in a second. When yeah. I was at the university, you know, reading Time magazine, on the cover was a picture of the QE2 that had been severely damaged in storms, which was the same route that we took where we had our gale force winds for three days, and I thought I was dead. So the QE2 was seriously damaged. I keep trying to find it, but I can't. But uh, I know what happened. (laughs) You could have, yeah, then you very well could have been lost at sea at that point. Could have, yeah, but well, I was. Maybe it's better to have a smaller ship sometimes in those situations I don't than think a bigger. So ship. I think you it's know, better to be they in a bigger boat. They yeah. weren't waves; they were swells. Yeah, the and, swell. and there was oh. a movie that came out called The Perfect Storm. Yes, yes, I couldn't I handle that. it. I had to walk out of it. It was it was well, so intense. I had well, to don't out. watch the Poseidon Adventure, whatever you do. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, I still have a picture of the boat hanging on my wall. Wow. It it was, yeah, it was, but you know, I felt like I gained my independence with that little endeavor, right? you know, from, from my parents. So I got off the boat. I went back to Florida state. Um, I'm working on the degree in my master's in international relations. I wanted to, you know, I'm like thinking maybe I'll try for the CIA or go in the foreign service I won the foreign service exam. Can you tell me? I, this is a personal. <laughs> this is personally very interesting to me. Um, at what point? Tell me about your your process with the foreign service exam because I want to tell you about mine. <laughs> well, <clears throat> he took the foreign service exam you, too. <laughs> oh, did you really? Um, well, I heard that only three percent pass it, and no. all I remember is I think they held it at, in Tallahassee because I don't remember flying anywhere to take it. Yeah. I remember taking it and flunking. So what was your experience? So you, when you say take it, you didn't get past the first uh, exam part where you do the the, the written. written knowledge. Probably not. And didn't okay, an interview yeah. come after that? How far yes, did you get? Yes, it does. I got to the interviews, yeah. Nice. And so I took a train down to St. Louis, and I was a first-year art student, but I, what I was told, my mom's boyfriend at the time was director of intelligence for the army. It was General George Marco. And he sat me down and he told me, he gave me instructions on how to take the exam. He said, the first thing you want to do is you want to read the New York Times cover to cover every day for six months. And I said, fuck, I do that anyway. All right. Wow. And then I read, I read the Times and I read the New Orleans Picayune. I read the Chicago uh, uh, Tribune. And I read those three papers every day. That was what I did. 
I said, so you do that and then you want to get a group of friends together and sit around in a circle and discuss how you would manage a current affairs topic. I'm like, all right, all right. So I go down to St. Louis and I take the exam. Exam was, for, you know, I enjoyed it. I love exams. And I passed the exam and they called me and I had to come do the um, interview. The interview. And uh, I was the youngest person there by f- maybe 15 years on average. I was a 19-year-old art student, and I lied about... People asked me how old I was, and I lied. I was like, I'm not... I'm 21. That's why you didn't get the job. But because they knew I was wow. lying. Wow. And I said, I'm, I'm 21. I was like, I'm not 19. And everyone else was a 35-year-old lawyer who had been in the Peace Corps. Every single other person in the room was a 35-year-old lawyer in the Peace Corps. And they're all like, you don't really look like you belong here. I was like, I just... Wow. I do really well on exams. And... So then the finally, um, we do that round table. I have to argue a position. I have to write a paper on a position and then present it. And these two old dogs, like big old foreign service officer lifers, big like 65-year-old <laughs> men who don't want to be there, they sit me in a room with them and I have to present a brief to them on current on this current affair topic. Like... Um, you know, what do you do about a, um, an American national that's embarrassing us uh, at the embassy? And so I, I said, well, I think you should be deported. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what year is this? Let me get, con- let me get con- context. I was 19, it was 1994. Okay. okay. I was a freshman in college. And uh, they said, well, how old are you? And I said, I'm 21. And I was 19. But I said, I'm 21. They said, look, you're really too young for this. And you're not going to pass, you're not going to pass this interview. But we just wanted to know how old you were. <laughs> but when did it, when did it come to light that you were not? They never found 19? out how old I was. No, no, I didn't uh... tell anyone how old I was. I mean, they could have looked in my file, but like, I just, yeah, yeah. I just like, I'm 21. No wow. But wow. Uh, they said they like I was way too young to be a foreign service officer. And, oh, my know. goodness. What That is so intriguing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I, I I had been I had been um, offered a job in the Peace Corps around oh. about the same time yeah. that I took the internship. Yeah. I had been. um I had been offered a job in the Peace Corps, and I think it was like it was either Ghana or Gabon. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to take this Istanbul internship. Right. Yeah. And then I, this is funny, I had also been offered the Naval Officers Candidate School. Oh, wow. Wow. And at the time, at the time, not now, I smoked a lot of pot. Huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Then while you were falling asleep oh, in class, the 70s. Allison, Right? <laughs> yes. Smoking yes, that yes, skunk yes. weed in class. Origi- original mm. gangster. Um, and it wasn't until. <laughs> no. Have you ever seen those pictures on Facebook where it's a picture of um, 
it says, uh, this is your grandmother in high school. You know, it's yeah, pictures of uh, all yeah. those hippies with the long right. hair. That's right. That, yeah, that was us. We're the that original. was you. Yeah. The OG. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But let me tell you, it wasn't until, okay, so cut to, okay, so I come back. I come back to Florida State, international relations, and I'm like, my brain, I have gone from left brain to right brain. You know, it's like, I can't even concentrate anymore. You know, I had yeah. this wonderful experience. I'm back in school, international relations. You know, my undergrad was concentration in the Middle East. We studied oil companies, you know, and the Middle East, those issues are never going to be solved. You know, mm-hmm. they're never, ever going to be solved. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I going to, I'm not even into this anymore. And what mm-hmm. felt good to me, I was taking a dance class and that felt good. So I tend to go with, what feels good, you know, and that mm-hmm. felt good. I, I'm like, I'm going to be a dancer now. I've never done this before. And I'm <laughs> dancing three hours a day. And I auditioned for the department after eight months and I get accepted. And <laughs> then I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm 24 years old. I'm going to go to four more years of dance school. And then I'm going to go to New York at the age of 30 and be a dancer. Probably not. Mm, You'll be ready to retire not. by then. <laughs> right. And then my dad, bless his heart, cut me off. Oh, which was, good yeah, for him. Which was yeah. right. It, it should yeah. have been done a long time before that. <laughs> and I, um, I got my first job as um, I worked for the department, the commissioner for the Department of Insurance. He was the state oh, treasurer, wow. mm-hmm. and he was going to run for U.S. Senate. And when we interviewed, it was with the understanding as soon as he announced his candidacy, I'd go to work on his campaign, which I right. did for like a year and a half. Uh, processing his campaign contributions and probably had he won i would have gone on to washington but he was was defeated yes but we did in the um, primaries we defeated the incumbent senator which was the first time wow uh, in florida that that had been done but then in the general election florida went republican wow yeah (laughs) <laughs> and nominated Ronald Reagan, and so yeah. it was. It was a bitter who, defeat, you know. Who was that? The rest that lady, of history in the United Paula States Hawkins. is downhill. But who was? But who was the lady that that was def- helping defeat the equal white equal rights amendment for the United States? That ERA. Um, the, it was yes, Brian Anita Brian. Anita no, no. Bryant. No, was that, that wasn't it? Her name? Yeah, no. Phyllis Schlafly. Phyllis Schlafly. That's who you're wait. Was that about. it? Oh. Yeah, Phyllis well, Schlafly was the orange juice lady mm, against mm. the gays and against um, women having the right to marry and against women having jobs, even though mm. she exemplified the women's rights movement by being mm. a woman that worked and managed uh, you know, hundreds of people in her organization and was very successful at destroying the Equal Rights Amendment. She was such a... Um, an irony, but really kind of a hypocrite. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a horrible figure in American history. Mm. Well, but, let's just hope we're not going back to that period now. But we um, are going back to that period now. <laughs> but you were going to, you were going okay, to Denver. So, and so I were... went on to Denver because through the <laughs> ISEC program, yeah. I had a boyfriend. I, that this, I, is... this guy that I had met, you know, at yeah. one of the conferences that we had. A, self-act- a self-actualized boyfriend. I'm going to say this is like 1980, no. right? No. 
this is going on. Um, okay, so yeah, the election was in eighty. So in eighty one, mm-hmm. I had um, been in. T- he and I had been in touch. You know, we had. I think we met in Boston or somewhere at one of these national ISEC conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to visit him in Denver for Christmas. That Christmas mm-hmm. after the election. And he's like, oh, you can move here and live with me until you get a job. And I'm mm-hmm. like, sure. And Denver in 81, oil was booming. Denver was booming. Mm-hmm. And I went home and my dad drove me out to Denver, dropped me mm-hmm. off, and he flew home. And hmm. I was with this guy and I'm interviewing around. And then um, he, my boyfriend at the time, needed a, a secretary, needed an assistant, and I had befriended this young girl. And I said, "Oh, my boyfriend needs a you know a secretary. Why don't you go interview?" I set up the interview, and what do you know? He ran they, off with her. They hit so it off. Our yeah. relationship ended. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? But Denver was a cool town. I got a job with an oil company, and it was fun. It was exciting. And I met some good friends there that I'm still in touch with. And one of the guys I was friends with was Robert. And Robert introduced me to Sai Baba. Right. And this is when you started becoming interested in a kind of spiritual and yoga life. Yes. Well, not so much yoga at at that time. I was interested because he would, I loved Robert. He was older. He eventually Mm -hmm. died of AIDS. Um, and he, he, he was the coolest. I mean, he was just beyond cool. And he what, had this was big he house. Gay or, or... Oh yeah. Yeah. He was gay. Okay. Okay. Um, no doubt. And although he would sleep with women, so yeah. he was bi yeah. and he I, I can had understand this huge wanting to house. Do <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me lose my train of thought. I'm um, so sorry. He, uh, to branch off onto that subject. Mm. And then he, um, but he would always talk about Sai Baba and he would lead, he would lead these pilgrimages to Sai Baba's ashram and Puta party, which uh, is, yeah. um, it's about three hours from Bangalore. Mm-hmm. And this is the and, fellow with the kind of the big Afro, big Afro Sai Baba. And he would, he could make a uh, Vibhuti. He could Vibhuti. make watches yeah, appear out of nowhere. Kind of maybe yes. a sleight of hand uh, yes, yes, technician, yes, yes. to be honest. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I think he gave um, that certified. I think he gave Eileen Hall. Oh, I think it was Eileen, a little uh, Lakshmi statue. statue. Oh. Just, just manifested out of. It. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, it was wow. Eileen. I might be confusing. Okay. Wow, anyway. that's interesting. I um, I had moved to you know he he would go every year and he's like you should come you should come we're organizing a trip I'm like I don't have any money I don't have any money so in the meantime I left Denver. I went to San Francisco where my uncle had the San Francisco College of Acupuncture. And he oh. he was responsible. Oh. If you see this picture behind me. That's where my friend Sparky went to school. Are you serious? Yeah. Sparky the Sailor Man. Really? That's, that's where he studied acupuncture. Yeah. I'll be darned. Well, my uncle, he started the started San Francisco the College wow. of Acupuncture. And if you see this picture, yeah. he was responsible for bringing over like 250 Chinese doctors yeah. Wow, yeah. to get them accredited so they could practice in the United States. Amazing. And uh, what was so, your uncle's name? Jay Tobin. Jay Tobin. It's like okay. the birth of uh, chi- traditional Chinese medicine in America. Mm. So I worked for him. He gave me a place to live. I worked for him 
just from like Memorial Day to Labor Day of 1985. I mean, I always knew I wanted to get to Los Angeles. I didn't know how to get here. And I, um, when I was in, okay, so so then I got to Los Angeles in 85 and my friend Robert back in Denver's like, okay, we've got a group of 30 going to to put a party come 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 and i'm like i don't have any money because i had to borrow <laughs> 500 bucks to get to los angeles knowing two mm. people <clears throat> right and then he turns me on to um to the the airplane game it was a um you know like what do you call it um when you know where you, you put hijack in money. airplanes oh you know it no. was like a pyramid scheme <laughs> Oh, oh. but it but it was legal because we they were workshops and we'd hold these group meetings and we would talk about Edgar Casey or you know some spiritual yeah. stuff because Robert was very spiritual and, and I was going to say back in his house in Cheeseman Park back in Denver in the yeah. day he did colonics and he oh, did wow, we all yeah. we were all into macrobiotics yeah macrobiotic cooking classes and he had a colonic machine in his house wow and he used to let me just hook myself up to that colonic machine it was uh, crazy. That, the image of that in my mind right now is fabulous TMI, right? oh TMI. My gosh. i can't he imagine having one of those machines in your house he he was he was incredible. He was such a good, great guy. But so anyway, so I went with him, mm-hmm. and we went to Puda party. I went to Puda party. I don't know what visit it was for him, but man, did I have some profound experiences. And this was in the eighties. This is nineteen. My first trip was nineteen eighty seven. And this and is your I first had, trip to India too. My first trip to India and yeah. was to Sai Baba's ashram. And I had phenomenal experience. One day I was. Um, you said you I was saw in, the light. I'm getting ready to tell you, Russell. You're oh, so okay. good. You're well, so I, good. Keep I, me on track. No, I just, I think this is the part where she sees the light, Harmony. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, okay. I went, I was in a relationship with a guy in that I had met. <laughs> and it was. You know, I'm I'm no stranger to unrequited love, you know, (laughs) and I, you know, I'm like, I need to get over this guy because it's not a relationship, you know, it's, you know, and I'm like pining over him. And so I was jogging at that time when I got to Los (laughs) Angeles, I'm jogging, my roommate got me out jogging. And I had said, I was reading the books of Sai Baba, his teaching. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, you Sai Baba person, you're supposed to give people what they want as a calling card, you know, to follow you. So here's what I want, you know, I'm just a little bit cheeky. And I'm like, okay, here's what I want, you know. And I said, I thought, you know, I want a pair of black gloves. They don't have to be leather. They don't have to be anything special. So I go out jogging one day through the hills of Silver Lake. And all of a sudden I... I was like, oh, should I turn this corner or that corner? I'm, I'm going to go this corner. I turn that corner and I look on the ground and there's a pair of black gloves just laying on the curb. Wow. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay, I'm going to go to India, okay, to see Sai Baba. Wow. And I, to- I told Robert I was going to do that. And I happened to have made like $12,000 in cash. 
And I went. And so this one particular day, you know, in India, this is 1987. Yeah. The village of Puda Party is not what it is today. Yeah. And <laughs> I think they were just breaking ground for Sai Baba's hospital. He's got oh, a, yeah. a um, you know, a heart, lung, and a kidney hospital that's free. To, oh, wow. In fact, Sharat told me at one point that he knew a guy that, that had gone and had an operation there. But oh. don't let me digress. So this, you know, I you don't go jogging. You don't go jogging in India with shorts on. You no, know? you don't. No, no. That's understood. So, <laughs> you don't so wear shorts there was, as well. Right, there was a group of us. This older man would take me out jogging, and we would get up at the crack of, not even the crack of dawn. You know, we'd be coming home before everybody got up for their daily you know, walking around and chanting and stuff like that. Yeah. And then one day he had to leave. And I'm like, oh, am I going to go by myself? Because you go out the gates of the ashram and you go mm-hmm. out the gates of, you know, the, the, the city. And I'm going down this road. It's pitch black. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. Pitch black. And I said, Baba, please forgive me for something that, you know, I was thinking in pure thought. I'm like, here, Baba. Oh, yeah, I have for- those almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, forgive me. Please forgive me. All of a sudden, it got bright as day. And I'm like, I, I can't. I, I try not to curse. I try to be politically, you know, correct. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. holy and I'm like, holy is a nice word. I'm looking for a truck. I'm looking for something. And mm. it lasted. And then it got dark again. And wow. I'm like, whoa. I think yeah. I saw the light. You know, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. you had an it epileptic my episode. It opened up my eyes. I saw the light. <laughs> uh, and then I got to touch Saiba. Yeah, you snorted. <laughs> My shrink does that. We'll be talking and he'll go, I'm like, so started. So um, I went back. I got to touch Sai Baba's feet. Yeah. You know, it was a really special. Did he give you uh, any and, gifts and, or anything? Any no, ash? Any, any? You had nothing. Nothing. Just the light. No, Can you, no. could you say, and I know this is a little bit of a digression, but like 30 years later, do you feel the same about Sai Baba now that you did then or? Yeah, there's he's a had lot his of own, he has his own revelations, scandals, and bad things. Yeah, you know what? And how, Can you how separate the experience from the the person? Well, here here's how I feel about it. I still have Sai Baba pictures all around. I still mm-hmm. have wow. all my Sai Baba books. I mm-hmm. still feel as though because I've never relay. I grew up. My mom was Catholic. My dad was Baptist. He never went to church. His church. See if you can relate. I know I have. His church was getting up Sunday mornings and going to play golf. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of yeah, like practice. my church is Sunday morning getting up and doing my yoga practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Sai Baba, you know, there's, I used to go to meetings all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait, what is all this scandal business going on? And I'm kind of like, wait a minute, let's separate, you know, I'm, when I think of, I didn't relate to 
Christianity. Um, you know, I stopped going to mass when I was around 14. I went to Catholic school for about four mm-hmm. or five years. And, but my mom was a devout Catholic. My sister still, she goes to church. I don't remember the last time I went to church, you know, Catholic mass or anything, but mm-hmm. well, I, it was probably in the nineties when I went to St. Patrick, I uh, went to, um, you know, when I lived in Rome, mm-hmm. I lived in Rome and I used to take my headphones with, um, with some music playing and sitting there, you know, going, but, but Sai Baba, you know, I, he's still whom I consider like, you know, he's got beautiful teachings, you know, yeah. and then, but I had asked him for something to take away that bad relationship I was in. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I, it was the next year that I was introduced to Patabi Joyce. Oh, wow. Okay. And Ashtanga Yoga. And you started um, a, a, a practice relationship or a um, teacher-student relationship with Chuck Miller. Well, before that, before that um, it was 88. My dad died in February, March the 3rd. See, I had been training for a marathon. I mean, I'm not right. really a runner, but I was a jogger. Yeah. And and I st- I didn't do the marathon that year cuz I went to Puda party and then yeah. I came back and I kept jogging, you know, chugging up and down the yeah. hills, blah blah blah. And then I I did the marathon. It was the third LA marathon. I wow. ended up walking 10 miles cuz at the 16 mile mark my knees were killing me. Yeah. And I it's not easy running a marathon oh for those God. of you I mean, at home. God bless people that can do it, you know, Um, but you know, I would run, even if I'd get up to like 20, 25 miles a week, I'd get sick. My body would break down Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I don't think I was fueling my body properly. And then in 80, so I did the marathon. My knees were shot. I joined the gym. My dad had died. My mother gave me the initiation fee at at the sports club LA, which has a beautiful pool. Mm. And I'm still there to this day. And, um, I, when I was jogging, I used to jog past this yoga studio in Studio City. And I'm like, yoga, what's yoga? I guess I should do that, but I don't have the patience. It looks boring. Mm. And so when my knees, when when my knees were shot and Mm -hmm. I'm in pain and I said, oh, they're teaching a yoga class at the gym. Maybe I should take it. Mm -hmm. And I knew from the first class that I'd be doing yoga for the rest of my life. Wow. And then one of one of your first teachers there was Brian Kest, is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Bro, dear Brian Kest. Do I keep you stealing know? your thunder? I'm I trying to so. stay ahead of the story on this. No, you're so good. You're so good, Brian. Yeah, Brian and I became friends and he his, was teaching. His mom gets her car done by my dad in Detroit. Because the Kest brothers are from oh, Detroit. Wow. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he had already been to see, um, Guruji, Patabi Joyce. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was teaching and then we became friends and we used to practice together. Yeah. And then, um, he was going to Mysore mm-hmm. and he told me, I don't know if it's true or not. One of my first headshots, you know, I had on a postcard and he told me that he used to put my picture at the foot of his mat. Now, I don't know if that's Aww. true or he was just blowing smoke up my skirt. But, <laughs> um, but at that point, he, entered, he told me to go practice 
because um, he could see that I was serious about Ashtanga yoga yeah. to go mm-hmm. to Chuck Miller. Right. And that's when I, when, I think there's a rumor that he and Chuck got in a big fight once, but that was before oh, that. Oh, man, if you have any details. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> All right. All right. But, We're um, digging. We'll do some research offline. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when I went to Chuck. But, you know, to be honest, um, I wasn't doing a daily Mysore practice because I was working for Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from the first, Fox, yeah. yeah, 20th Century Fox. I was in HR for about um, a year and something. And then I went to Fox Broadcasting, which was kind of funny because when I got the offer to go to Fox Broadcasting, I'm like, oh, it's a new network. Is it going to survive? Probably <laughs> and that's not. A, <laughs> right. And that's around the time the Simpsons came out. And um, Roger you know, Ailes but, was in charge at that time. Yeah, he was there. Um, you didn't have any trouble with him, with uh, Ailes. Not with him, but I do have a <laughs> Me Too story that, you know, I won't name names. But yeah, it was, you know, and I think, whatever, you know, Me Too, you know, it's rampant. The casting couch back in those days was more than it is today. And, yeah, I wow. kept my mouth shut about wanting to be an actor, even though I'm, you know, I'm in class. Well, let's see. The thing was, the two, one of the two people I li- knew when I moved to L.A., one was my roommate, and then the other was my acting teacher that I'd met in Denver. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got to L.A., was running into the boyfriend of my the lady I lived with. Mm-hmm. When we were in Denver, one night we're at this meat market. I guess that's what they used to call them on Friday nights in Denver. You know, where oh. you go for drinks and yeah. you meet the men, meat you know. Yeah. And it was oh. a meat market. <laughs> and this guy walked kind of in. Disgusted and sexually excited at the same time. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I'm down, boy. I'm down. <laughs> we, uh, um, My wife keeps I, me on a short leash, if you understand what I mean. Well, mm. as well, she should. <laughs> um, but I'm sure she has no worries because you're a it's, good man uh, so you're at the meat market in at the meat market this guy walks in he was a tennis pro and i said to my girlfriend i'm like oh there's your next boyfriend and they were together for like four years oh, wow. and um and this one particular day i'm leaving i i went on a job interview because i'm kind of over the acupuncture college and you know looking for another job and i missed where i was supposed to go and i'm walking up the street and I look on this cable car and it looks like the guy, you know, Scott was his name. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, is that Scott? That looks like Scott. And I'm like, the cable car took off. I'm like, oh, I'll never know. I climbed to the next hill and he's looking at me and he's like, meet us at the top of the mark tonight. You know, Bonnie's in town. And I went and she's like, <laughs> you can come visit me. I went to visit her. She's like, you can live with me. I'm like, great. And so that's how I got to LA. And I and knew my never and I knew my, well, I, I came and went a bunch of times, you know, yeah. uh, but I was with my acting teacher and, you know, I thought I was going to hit town and doors were going to open up. And that was all she wrote, you know, yeah, that's and my why I teacher's moved to New York like, for the same reason, really know, to open up doors that remain closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my teacher's like, you don't, you're not ready. And I'm like, what? Oh, because you're not ready. I'm like, what? <laughs> Coming out of acting class, you know, I lasted with him like three years. I'm helping him, you know, with the students, you know, taping, you know, the students and stuff. Uh He was great. I love him. May he rest in peace. And, um, and then I go to work for, for Fox 
And I don't even open my mouth about being an actor because yeah. they don't take you seriously. Might throw you in a tent pool. Meanwhile, I'm making more than I'd ever made. I had health benefits and, wow. you know, I'm keeping my mouth shut, you know, because here I am, you know, it's like all this stuff going on around me. Mel Brooks was on our floor. You know, it was wow. like the heavyweights. Everybody's saying hi to me, you know, yeah. it's like a big Fox family. And, and I just kept my mouth shut. And then said- I... You said Mel Brooks was on your floor? Was he yes, working he, for Fox at the same time? Well, he probably had a production deal at Fox. Okay. Yeah, he was wow. fabulous. He he stopped his car one day and I'm walking down the street and he's like, what do you want to do? What's your name? What's your name? And I'm like, I'm Allison. He goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be an actor. And he goes, no, no, maybe production. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Jesus oh, no. Christ. He's like, it's a quagmire out there. I, and I asked, him, out there. I asked him for a picture and he gave it to me. I have oh. it on my wall, actually. Oh, amazing. And, and uh, he's like, don't that's, tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. That's and amazing. Like, what I would give to run into him, you know, what I would give to run into him and have him remember me, you know? Yeah. So. So I went from Fox and then in 94, we had the big earthquake in Los Angeles. Yoga Works shut down. Yoga Works, right. the, the ramp up to the studio was damaged. Yeah. And I was, um, I was going to Chuck every Sunday. It was my religion primary. Um, Tim Miller came, um, you know, but Chuck was, Chuck was my Miller. You told us, you told a wonderful story about, um, Guruji and Ama having a workshop there, and I think was that at Chuck and Madi's place. Yes. And you said that Kareem Abdul Jabbar was in the room. It was so funny. I've seen um, a fabulous photo yeah, of great, of Kareem with Guruji. Yeah. 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 Guruji with Kareem. Yeah. What I my, what I remembered, and I think back on it, going, did that really happen? It had to have happened. I mean, <laughs> we were doing handstands against yeah. the wall with Guruji. Now, yeah, and that's why I'm like, what? did that really happen? Because Kareem kicked one of the tiles in the ceiling, oh, and it became that's, dislodged. That's nine feet. That's nine feet with his arms. Well, yeah, it, with his foot, he dislodged it, <laughs> and all it was. So, it was. I was like in shock because what he did, he came down. And reached up and fixed it, <laughs> like, like, like. Yeah. Matter of fact, and I'm like, yeah. wow. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah. But see, I wasn't on the Mysore program at that point, you know, because I was working. So I was still after work. I was working for Fox. I didn't think I'd be able, you know, and it wasn't not that I had a high powered job at Fox at the time, but just the logistics of everything, yeah. you know. And then um, I got a job in um, a friend of mine. I realized I wasn't climbing the corporate ladder because there was kind of a ceiling and men kept getting pro- promoted above me. At Fox of all places? Oh, my God. Go <laughs> figure. Oh, I'm so weird. <laughs> and then um, a friend of mine turned me on to a job in Rome, Italy. Oh. It was starting a network. It was the first all digital network in the world broadcasting in the middle east oh 1994, yeah 94 because in 94 you helped launch a broadcast network in the middle east but based in yeah, rome it is it's right yeah. here and suzanne finocchi was there 
Yes. So when I got there, I had asked Chuck, you know, Mati, and they had a relationship with Lino. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. In LA. Yeah. In fact, Lino had come out with a book that right. when I would come back on vacation, I would pony a bunch of these books to yoga yeah. works. And yeah. um, I practiced with Lino, but I couldn't get to a morning Mysore because of my job, which was mm-hmm. another high intense situation. And, and that book was the weekends. vinyasa book that he made where he, he listed all of the vinyasas. Yeah. Number yeah. that one. Yeah. 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 A little yellow one. A little yellow of, one. And he's yeah, on the yeah. back with, with the Guruji and Shirat. Yeah. 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 Nice. Little and, book. um, um, I Susana and Rosana, who I think is still with Lino, mm. um, teaching at Kavalam every year or somewhere mm-hmm. they do yeah. teach. But um, but they would pick me up and we'd all go practice together. And then I did two workshops with them in Greece, oh, which nice. were wonderful, wonderful. I miss Greece. I miss yeah. swimming in that water. You know, it was wonderful. But that's where Susana and I became friends. Oh, wow. That's and that was 90, 94, 95. That's and then I came, then it was like, I just got too homesick in Rome and I lasted a couple of years there and came back with really good money. Wow. And um, then I went back to Fox to help launch uh, Fox sports net. And that was a miserable job. Bless, oh. them. Bless them. And then, and then I went to work for Sony. You, you worked for Sony for 12 years, 12 years. And they laid wow. me off seven oh. months before I qualified for retirement benefits. Oh dear. Oh, well, that's not their nice. Cards. Yeah. Bless oh, their cards. oh my god. You should see the hand gestures that uh, <laughs> Allison is making on screen right now. What are you talking about? Um oh. it um, seems like we're right now kind of approaching a kind of a peak experience in your life or say a, a valley where yeah. everything kind of physically for you kind of started to fall apart and and you've got a number of different conditions that I wonder if you could talk to us about them and and how you've you've he- tried to heal from them and it seems like it's all sort of involved energetically with maybe your adrenal glands. Yes. Um let's see where do we begin? And um let's see. Okay. So I came back. I met a wonderful man who swept me off my feet. He had an academy award. Um, he was, he was a film editor. I lived with him in, at his home in Malibu. Um, I, like I said, was swept off my feet. He came after me. Um, it was the best relationship I had to date. Mm. Um, it wasn't unrequited love Yeah, and it lasted, it lasted in total five years, Mm. but there was something about the relationship that I knew early on wasn't going to last, but I just mm. didn't know how to get out of it because he was going through a horrible period in his life and I felt needed. Right. Um, so when we parted ways, I kind of, I don't know. It wasn't, it was, it was one of those fall on my knees moment because I fell on my knees sobbing, mm. you know, and like, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I was a mess. I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't. Um, I was working for Sony at the time in a high powered job. And mm-hmm. it was all I could do to go to work. And I'd be crying all the time in the bathroom. And one of the beautiful things that came out of that was at Yoga Works, 
my practice really became my rock after I came back from Rome. I'm in the Mysore program. I have 50,000 in my pocket that I brought back to me. I'm in no rush to find a job. My practice and going to that Mysore room every day with Chuck was my priority. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm in um, Chuck, like I said, kept me in primary for 10 years. I could never do backbending. I'm going up and down the wall. My feet are parallel. You know, he was a real stickler for that. Yes. And um, stickler. (laughs) I'm so frustrated. And I see people coming through working on advanced and I'm like, why am I not, you know, and, yeah. you know, he just, I still couldn't do, you know, Akita Hastapanagastasana, you know, and I'm just like, but it's my life. And it was a grind because I would leave, then I got the job at Sony and here I am. I'm, you know, I met the man and I got the job at Sony and I, um, I'm getting up every morning tiptoeing like a little mouse, not to make noise, got my clothes laid out the night before. I'm driving up PCH to bypass all the traffic to get to Sony. So I stop in Santa Monica, do my yoga practice, spritz off in the bathroom and then Mm. go to Sony. And I'm work, you know, got to be at work at nine o'clock. And then I'm, you know, working till seven o'clock at night and driving home. He had a son that he eventually got full custody of that moved in with us that Mm -hmm. treated me like the whipping boy. And I'm like going crazy. Yeah. are crazy drinking coffee. Um, and I, um, we broke up when I broke up, I was a mess and I went to work at Sony that day. And, you know, I basically looked in the mirror one day and I've always kind of had somewhat of an eating disorder or distorted body image. Mm -hmm. And I looked in the mirror and I thought I was fat and I'm flipping out because I feel fat and I look fat. And actually I weighed like 114 pounds Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, and I'm like, I'm five, seven. And Oh, that's a tall 114. mm -hmm. And I, I knew at that point I had a problem. Mm-hmm. And I went to work and I called the employee assistance program and I got set up with, you know, a, a psychologist that I was seeing. And, and I mean, and she's begging me to go to a psychiatrist and get on medication. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And meanwhile, you know, I'm still crying. But the beautiful thing that I'm that I wanted to share was that while at Yoga Works, I met Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we practiced, I would keep my mouth shut, you know, I just keep my mouth shut. But there was a period of like three weeks where we were the first ones in the room and Mm -hmm. we'd be stretching beforehand. And I just kept my mouth shut and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And waited for him to to talk to me, Mm -hmm. you know. And then when we did, I'm like, oh my God, I work for Sony. And one thing led to another and he would invite me to set, you know, and this is all around the same period of time that I'm going through this intense breakup. And it was as though he threw me a lifeline, you Mm -hmm. know, that relationship, just that he recognized me as a human being and invited me over to, you know, to set, which I did and met Sam Raimi. And this is the first Spider-Man. Yeah. that's When you said Sam Raimi, I was thinking Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, um, 
And so it was like, okay, I'm going to be fine. But I did go on meds for a minute, you know, for like seven weeks. And I stopped crying. I started eating again. And then I, you know, the shrink, the psychiatrist, I kicked the, you know, antidepressants. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, for me, a stigma about taking antidepressants mm-hmm. and seeing a psychologist, you know. And so I... um I kicked all that. But meanwhile, I'm getting weaker and weaker. I'm getting emaciated. Um, I had Mm -hmm. been vegan and vegetarian from the 70s. And -hmm. then when I was with this man, he was the big grill king. (laughs) And then finally, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, I couldn't prepare my food because I'd be coming home from Sony and the kid, they're screaming and yelling over homework. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) And then finally, I can't prepare my food properly. And I started eating fish and I started eating meat. And then, you know, the next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God. And then when we broke up, I stopped, you know, eating meat again. And then I'm getting weaker and weaker and weaker and I'm emaciated. And my acupuncturist is like, I think you need to go see a doctor. I think you need an endocrinologist. And then Mm -hmm. it took a minute to get there. And then they ran a battery of tests. This is 2003. And, um, and then the, the old man endocrinologist that diagnosed me, who was the head of the department, he's like, you need steroids. And this is the condition that you have. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go on steroids. He's like, yeah. you have three days to live. He said, you have three days to live. He said, you have about 72 hours without steroids. Wow. What was your condition? What did he diagnose you with? A secondary adrenal insufficiency. Okay. It's a life-threatening condition. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going on steroids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, but I mean, what do you do? I mean, I went for second opinions, but my experience with second opinions is that you really need to go far away from where you got the first opinion because right. a lot of people will look up to the man that diagnosed you and not want to refute what he said. You know, they might not be as, yeah. you know, educated. Well, anyway, this man retired soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept on practicing. And of course, steroids gave me the energy and made me yeah. feel better. And I'm doing, you know, intermediate. And, you know, Chuck finally moved me into intermediate. And then, you know, we get up to around 2004, 2005. And I'm like, telling Chuck, I want to finish intermediate by the time he leaves, you know, and he looked at me and walked away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless his heart. Yeah. Um, I still can't go up and down and back bending, um, you know, and then, you know, I still can't do Lagu Verjasana, but Kapitasana was no problem. You know, and he, mm-hmm. but he would tell me I'm turning my, I'm turning myself inside out, you know, right. um, yeah. with my, you know, with my butt, and my hips, and, right, yeah, you yeah. know, Instead of working the thighs, you know, I'm like, that's Inward, yeah. figured out. But meanwhile, I do have scoliosis in two places, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's like, whatever, God, you know, I don't want to argue for my limitations, but, you know, I mean, I've had a few. So, um, <laughs> I understand that completely, like wanting to turn out because I had an easy turnout, helped me find space to do the back bend because uh-huh. the back wasn't as open and certainly like that that joint, the sternal, um, the, um, thoracic. the lumbar thoracic joint wasn't that open as much as compared to other people. Um, the psoas wasn't that open. So the turning out was, was really helpful to be able to manage those back well, bends. Well, those what happened backs. was 
you know, Chuck and Motsi sold yoga works to the corporation. My um, AirPods are losing steam, so I'm working oh, on sorry. one while I charge the other one. <laughs> yeah. um, they, um, they sold the land. I mean, they, they sold yoga works to the corporation. They had some kind of disclosure that they couldn't teach in Los Angeles yeah. for maybe five years or something. Right, and yeah. they moved to their land in Hawaii. I remember I went to Hawaii around 2005 for a workshop, which was special to see them again. And um, I stayed at Yoga Works and um, I was kind of like, well, I've always had Chuck who was a certified teacher and they didn't leave any authorized or certified teachers to take over for them, even right. though the teachers were fabulous. Um, Dominic popped in every now and then, mm -hmm. and um, Rolf would come in town. Marcy, mm. I had practiced with Marcy for yeah. years and years and years. And then um, that summer of 2000, uh, it was 2007, December. Were you guys there? Were you there, Harmony? Uh, 2007. Goa. Purple Valley, Goa. Oh, no. Yeah, you might have. No, I wasn't there. No, okay. I don't think. So no, I was supposed to go. That's when Sherat went there? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks with Sherat. Dominic encouraged me to go be with Sherat, even though I had met Sherat. This is so funny because uh, Guruji would come to L.A. Mm -hmm. in, I don't remember what year, maybe 2001 <laughs> or two or three. Kimberly and Noah would put it on at the Hotel Roosevelt. Yeah. And that's where I first met Eddie, even though I had yeah. heard of Eddie. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, in 2005, Sharat was there with Saraswati. Mm -hmm. And I remember going up to Sharat and saying, I will come to Mysore one day and you will be my teacher. Yeah. And, you know, Sharat, he's like, buttoned up. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bless okay. your heart. Yeah. But I, I reminded him of that. I don't know if he ever remembered it. But, um, <laughs> but you know, when I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, it happened. Yeah. So I go to Goa for three weeks. In the meantime, I'm on, you know, Chuck had left. He told me to, he left me with like the third or fourth headstand in intermediate. And then he told me to finish it off, you know, add a headstand every now and then, finish it. And then I go to Purple Valley and, mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was primary only. And then one day he told me to, um, well, one day I asked him about, you know, if he could help listen to what my medical condition was, if he had any, um, and he's like, you know, you come to Mysore, you know, and, you know, I'd never been encouraged to go to Mysore all those 20 years I'd been practicing, yeah. you know, yeah. it was never encouraged. And not that I felt that I could even do it with working corporate mm -hmm. and so right. um, yeah so then i came back and um that the endocrinologist that had taken over uh, that i had been seeing um and he told me i'd never recover i'd be on steroids the rest of my life and mm -hmm. oh by the way you look depressed let's give you an antidepressant yeah. and i'm like mm, yeah no goodbye <laughs> boy bye <laughs> yeah. and so that's when uh when i came back from my from goa i found my new endocrinologist who was wonderful and was like i'll do anything to help you get through this you know yeah. to support you and that summer i asked him to um to put me out on medical disability and that's how i got to mysore that's for my when, first trip in 2008 that's when we met I remember meeting yes. you. We met oh, on the you? road. Uh, oh. Coming down from the shallow, we were walking towards like where Saraswati was teaching because I was living in Alex's house down 
Um, oh yes, because that's that's where I live. Yeah, you lived. Well, she wasn't kind of teaching just, there then. Yeah, in yeah. that in that house, and so. I remember, um, yeah, we just like met, we said hi, and then, um, and then you were telling me all about your, <laughs> your oh, my, my endocrine, story. yeah, your health and just like everything. And it was so, it, I mean, it made a big impact on me because I remember it very clearly like, oh, oh wow, it's, yeah, it's interesting I, how sometimes you meet people for the first time and you have a very um, distinct memory of it. Aw, yeah. Thank you so much. And then later that trip, I think that I had my appendicitis that trip, and had had to get my appendix out in Mysore. Oh, I have forgotten <laughs> so about it. Like I remember it. Yeah, now. yeah. Were you yeah. at Vikram? Yeah, I went to the Vikram hospital. Vikram, yeah. yeah. So, so I go back. I I'm I'm successful in lowering down halfway on the steroids. Great. I go back to Sony, which was bizarre, intense. And I didn't have the fight in me, you know, mm-hmm. to keep up. Yeah. And I came back to such negativity. They didn't think I was coming back. They had already appointed somebody that would take my place if I didn't come back. Yeah. And I had two people reporting to me that were trained up so well, you know, and because yeah. they like, oh, Allison, you did such a good job of training these people. Oh, and we don't need you anymore <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're making 50% less than you are. So we're going to yeah. lay you right. off, which they I, did. I've made that mistake before myself. <laughs> right yeah I mean, trained and, someone and then, really well and and then they just they just gave them the job and then <laughs> you know it was like i you know i'm such a good person you know i'm not saying that i'm just saying that <laughs> after they laid me off and told me that i stayed there working my ass off until 7 30 that night to make sure everything was under control yeah and um so anyway, so I waited to get my severance money. You know, I went to Gloria Allred's firm. They called me oh, in. They're wow. like, oh, you know, the defense we attorney. can't we can't prove discrimination or aging, you know, or this, that, and the other. My suggestion is you take your severance and move on. Yeah. So I was kind of waiting to get everything signed, sealed, and delivered into my bank account. And I took off for the funeral. The, yeah, you know, yeah two thousand nine. Yeah, and I ended up staying with Sarah Swati that summer. Oh yeah, yeah, because Sharat wasn't teaching. That's right. Yeah, and that's I funny. and I stayed with her, and she was so devoted to her students, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it having her students helped her get over which you know losing her father. Yeah, and it was a very very special time. I think we only had like maybe fifty to eighty students that summer, mm-hmm. and then um, I ended up spending the summer. And then I made in between 2009 and 2011, maybe four or five trips. And a couple yeah. of those were like five months at a time. Wow. Um, and yeah, I, re- so- I remember I, we, we ran into each other a lot in Mysore <laughs> during, those t- during that time. Yeah. And then yeah. I, th- I think I must have met you in 2011 or 12 in Encinitas when I was looking for teachers for the Joyce Foundation. And Andrew and David had recommended you. And I think I may have, I think I spoke to you in person about it. And I was excited about getting you on board. But I think you said you just felt that you're, that with your adrenal fatigue, that it wasn't a great situation for you. What was, what was offered to me was like heading up the the kids program, but it was, but it was four days a week. Um, 
And I just, you know, I've had my apartment here and then I was kind of still interviewing for other corporate jobs with Mm -hmm. health benefits. Mm -hmm. And my mom is like, get a job, get a job, get a job. She's alive at the time. And I'm like, you know, just for me to drive down to Encinitas, like on a Monday morning and drive back on Thursday and have five classes a day with however many students were in the class going to yoga once a week. So it was like 300 students a week. And I'm like, you know, and meanwhile, my health is like, you know, it's like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know that I can energetically take that responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know? And I knew that Jen Brown was there and ready to do it. And so I had hired Jen Brown. Yeah. Oh, anyway, that was amazing. How's your health now? Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Right at that point, you discovered with your endocrinologist that you had a tumor in your belly. Oh, God. Oh, my my God. So it was one trip back from Mysore. What year was it? Uh, 2014. No. Well, um, let's see. I was there from 2008 to 2011. I got in a scooter crash after I had decided to extend my trip. Then I oh, no. crashed a scooter. Anyway, um, I come back. There was one trip, and I was always in constant contact with my endocrinologist because he was fabulous. Mm-hmm. And um, I come back one day. I'm on steroids. You know, I I went up just a little after that. You know, 2008, up a little <clears> to deal with life, and I um. I'm grabbing my belly and Mm -hmm. I'm looking at my doctor going, what is this? Because I have a belly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a cushion, it's a belly. And his face went white and he's like, has anybody done a CAT scan of your abdomen? Mm. And I'm like, no, because they were always doing MRIs looking for a tumor in my pituitary. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, no, he's like, we should do that. We did it. And I have a tumor on my left adrenal gland. It's about 1.7 um, millimeters. What's what's larger, millimeter or centimeter? Centimeters. Centimeters. centimeters, are- centimeters. So it's 1.7 centimeters. It's okay. 17 millimeters. About okay. a couple inches. Yeah. Okay. So they found the tumor. Um, okay. With tumors, um, with adrenal tumors, Okay, we all know tumors are either benign or malignant, um, you know, cancerous mm-hmm. or not. Or with adrenal tumors, they're either functioning tumors or non-functioning tumors. What does that a, mean? A functioning adrenal tumor means that the tumor itself is producing cortisol. <laughs> so oh, that's so like acting like an adrenal gland kind of. And it screws up mm-hmm. the whole HPA axis, which is the hypothalamus, the pituitary, mm. the adrenal glands. Cortisol oh. is a necessary hormone without which you're dead in 72 hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't wake um, up. And so much. when you need cortisol, you trigger the pituitary to make a hormone called ACTH. It's adrenal mm-hmm. corticotropic hormone. So it's a signal that you need more ACTH to go to the adrenal glands to make cortisol that goes to every tissue and cell in the body. Yeah. So when the tumor is functioning on its own, the pituitary thinks it doesn't need that loop is interrupted. It Mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, it doesn't make that hormone. So Mm -hmm. the curious thing all those years, because I'm testing, they initially thought that the steroids would um, prompt my adrenal glands to work 
um, or my, it would prompt my pituitary to make ACTH. But I would keep testing and testing every three to four months. And in 2007 is when the new endocrinologist told me, you're never going to recover. You need to be on steroids the rest of your life. Meanwhile, I'm wearing a medical alert bracelet because if I go into an adrenal crisis, it's life threatening. You need to carry around, a, you know, um, you know, a syringe. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm ponying up to, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the guards, you know, at the airport, you know, with my packet of syringes, you know, I'm like, oh my God, whatever. Um, I never had to stick myself. I did have to call 911 once when I was throwing up and I couldn't keep my steroids down. Oh, yeah. Okay, but when they found my tumor, everything changed. Mm -hmm. And I had to get off the steroids in order to test the tumor to see if it was functioning. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I get off the steroids. It was 14 months of absolute hell. And that's when my practice started slipping away. I couldn't yeah. keep up with it. And um, it was it was bloody hell. It was awful. I, I would drop my my doctor let me drop on my own. Um, and I would go down like every three weeks I would drop. And then when it got to the end, it was more difficult. But um, you know, and I'm missing my yoga practice. You know, it's like I'm missing it 100%. Yeah, sure. And, you know, it's just, and I'm crying a lot. You know, it was, it was, it was miserable. And then, but I was able to tell my mom before she died that my body had taken over because halfway down on the steroids, my body, that the axis kicked in. And mm -hmm. I started, I started manufacturing ACTH. Okay. Uh, and, but I always had a question in my mind, like, how come, because my labs would always show no ACTH, but it would show a small amount of cortisol. I'm like, how can I have cortisol mm. if I don't have ACTH? And nobody could answer the question. It's because me. of the tumor it was producing it. Yes. And still nobody can tell me why one creates a tumor on their adrenal gland, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is, you know, the question that I'd like to know. And, but, you know, you know, like me giving the benefit of the doubt to these doctors back in 2003, Cushing's, the, the diagnosis changed to Cushing's syndrome. But what I'm is that? What is I'm Cushing's syndrome? Cushing's disease is when you have a tumor in the pituitary. Okay. Uh, okay. And then they go in and they remove that tumor. Yeah. Cushing's syndrome is when you have a tumor on your adrenal gland. Oh, I see. And um, um, most Cushing's pituitary Cushing syndrome people, they blow up. They put on 50 pounds in a month. They put yeah. on 100 pounds in a month. I've seen They're that. fat. They have purple stretch marks on their bellies. Yeah. They have skinny arms, skinny legs. They have a belly. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so it wasn't until that day I showed my doctor my belly, you know, which maybe could have been thought of as like an Ayurvedic belly. You know how Indian women have, you know, their bellies. Um, and his face went white. We found my tumor. The first recommendation was to remove my adrenal gland, go back wow. on steroids that I had just come off of. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Or go on this gnarly medication that causes uterine bleeding in one of three women. Oh, no. And the, the pill is like $1,000 a day. And they wow. Got me, they got me, um, they got me um, you know, accepted into the program. And then I'm like, uh -uh, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm, I'm anti-med, you know, because I just gotten off the steroids. And <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, we tested the tumor like years later, you know, it was like 2018 mm-hmm. and which is, you know, it was like, it's been a rough hoe. Road they didn't hoe. take it out or anything. They just left it and monitored well, it. Well, mo- his first recommendation was to remove it. Second was to go on this medication. Third was he didn't recommend it was just to monitor it. So I'm like, okay, let's monitor it for six months, which we did. I went back. The tumor's not getting any bigger. And um, the I said, okay, let's, I'll meet with a surgeon. I met with a surgeon and that was another like mind blowing experience. And he's giving me all these tests that I told my endocrinologist about. He's like, those aren't sensitive enough to detect Cushing's. They're going to come back normal. And so I did all the tests. I go back into the surgeon's office. And the first thing he hits me with is I had dinner with your endocrinologist. And I'm like, (laughs) And we talked about you. And I'm like. Okay. That's so a he little disarmed, bizarre. He disarmed me, you know. Yeah. And he says, let's just say that by dessert, uh, he agreed that if you're, we'll go on the basis of the result, the test results that I gave you. So no surgery for you. Now, I don't want surgery, you know. Yeah. I don't want surgery. I don't want to go back on steroids. So anyway. um, I walked out of there going, what just happened? And, um, you know, what just happened? So while I don't look like a Cushing's person, I'm, my label is subclinical hmm. because the labs show, you know, that, um, you know, they gave me a, a test that you take. It's a low dose dexamethasone suppression test to see if you suppress. Um, but I didn't suppress and I did it twice and it, you know, so I have Cushing's syndrome subclinical. I don't look like a Cushing's patient, but I have all the inside, you know, you look at me, you Mm -hmm. think, oh, you look so young, you're 67 years old, how do you do it? It's the (laughs) yoga, whatever, you know, and then I'm like, yeah, but I'm a bloody mess on the inside, you know, I'm. But but here you are five years later, and I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how are you able to maintain balance in your health now? Like, where are you at today? And, and, you know. Well. I now, where I'm at now is I think I've always been depressed as a kid. Um, and I always knew I needed exercise. I remember telling my dad once I was real depressed hanging around. I've always been somewhat of an introvert. My sister was, she's blonde and beautiful, was the cheerleader, the most popular one. <laughs> you know, she used to tell me I was an ugly duckling and that stuck with me even though now she denies ever having said that, of course, and doesn't remember the, it. Your sister, the stewardess. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, flight okay. attendant. Yes. Flight attendant. Bless her heart. Mm. Yeah, God bless her. She took care of my mother for 20 years and, you know, enabled me to pursue what I want to pursue out here, mm-hmm. you know, and that was her life with my mom for 20 years. So mom, our mom passed in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was able to tell mom that I had recovered, you know, that I was going to be okay, which was really important to me, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, now I'm 67. And I feel like I never got my practice back the way it was, you know, and all those years, it's like, do your practice, do your practice, do your practice. And I thought my practice was going in there and killing myself for an hour and a half a day, six days a week, Um, you know, and then you know, meanwhile, I'm exhausted, I can barely move, and I need steroids to keep me alive. And so once I got off the steroids, 
you know, I started practicing again and I'll never forget. I'll probably, I'll never forget the day I was able to get into Padmasana. Mm-hmm. I sobbed. Yeah. Because no. my knees had blown up, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And even now I had problems with my knees. And I'm like, what the hell, you know, and I'm, and, you know, it's, it's just all a work in progress. I was talking to some of the other elders in our community <laughs> just yesterday or mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, today's Saturday. Um, you know, and it's like, well, some days I roll my mat out and I do five A's and five B's and I'm done. That's some right. days I do a full primary and I'm lucky if I can do those four chakrasanas because early on I herniated a disc in my neck and so yeah. i've got so much inflammation in my lower back and i'm like oh my god and i can do chakrasana but i can't do it to Sharat's count mm-hmm. yeah, you know no. it's I, been I do it on my own five years mm-hmm. since i've done primary maybe four. Oh, really you we're doing a primary in 2020 mm, i don't think so yeah you were not in, in Sharat's lead class 2019 you did not not really because i don't think i was binding Thank you. I, without binding, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I'm convinced I'm doing it. That's the thing. <laughs> That's garbage. Oh, That's garbage, right? Oh yeah. my right. Yeah, I it's not. But I wasn't. I wasn't. To me, I wasn't really doing it. I was just kind of going through the motions. But I think you know, through I the motions is all you, you get. Did it in 2019 so, and 2020. I think all you, you know, get is the motions. The the difficult thing for me is letting go of that day when Shara. I mean, when I went to Oregon. After mm. Chakamati left, he had yeah. to turn my feet out. I'm going down and coming up. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. My yeah. mind is blown. Right? Or you lift your Meanwhile, heels off the ground. That's so much easier. Yeah, oh my I never goodness. lift my heels off the ground because that's, that's ingrained in my brain. That's you your heels it's on the stupid floor. easy with your heels off the ground. You're like a horse up there on your tippy toes. Oh, like, oh my God. But, so but I'm like so played. <laughs> well, I will never forget the day. And sh- Mr. Shirachi called me out in conference. Look at Allison. She's so strong. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on 35 milligrams of steroids, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and sometimes Best. something gets lost in the translation. So you can't really explain, Sarah Swati, sure. here's my issue, you know? And then Lakshmi, she's like in 2008, Allison, Allison, I think you need to speak to Sharat and get him to talk to Guruji and ask him about your situation. I'm like, Okay, so I asked Sharat, and he's like, no, Galuji, not good. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that ship sailed. But, you know, so it's like, and now I'll never forget the day, you know, when I was in the height of my practicing, you know, mm-hmm. and I would sit at the doorway looking at you guys in intermediate, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and finally I'm in intermediate, and Sherratt's putting my hands on my knees, and he's walking away, and I don't know what planet I went to, you, you know. In a backbend? Like, yes, yes, yes. You yes. put your hands on your knees in a backbend? No, Sherratt did, you know, and he'd come around and put <laughs> oh, my hands on my knees. And he would walk away and I'd be like somewhere and he'd come back and you know him with his tap, 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 come, come up. Yeah. That's an impossibly deep backbend, Allison. Everything that you've described so far (laughs) does not describe a person that stands on their own holding onto their knees in a backbend. Well, it was a steroid. I bet, you know, (sighs) it was like, and I, I guess this episode is really an advertisement marketing pitch for steroids. (laughs) Let me see if I can get a get a 
no, no, no. Get no, someone no. to sponsor this episode. It's interesting, though, oh. isn't it? How the practice changes, you know, based on health or based on like what you're taking or not taking, yeah. or trying to come off of medicine. Or, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be steroids, it can be like any kind of medicine is going to affect yeah. your body and your practice and your energy levels. Sure, sure. Like, like I, I told you, I think that the day he looked deep in my eyes, because you know Sherrod, you know, and he says something to you, and he looked me deep in the eyes and said, I will help you. Mm-hmm. And every tissue and cell in my body, I mean, I felt like my whole DNA changed when he said that, you know, mm-hmm. it was like he was throwing me a lifeline. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Mysore, you know, because Mysore has always been a place of healing for me. You know, I yeah. never mm-hmm. had energy to socialize or network or mm-hmm. things with people. And Good for you. He it would spends say, a lot of energy. Well, I mean, I missed out on all the fun, you know. But <laughs> he, fun is that there's a cost. I mean, to there's parties fun. and the hooking up and the this and the yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh my god, yeah. I'll never forget. Oh my god, this is definitely TMI. But we're in. Were you in the room? <laughs> We're in conference with Sharat G, um, what year, whatever it was. And he goes, okay, who in this room is Brahmacharya? Well, who practices Brahmacharya? I was not in the room for I think that. I and I shot in. my hand up. <laughs> and I'm, I look around and I'm going, oh, holy F. You know, I'm holding, I'm the only one holding my hand up. And Sharat goes, oh, she's the only yogi in the room. And I'm like, yeah. yes, because I can't get laid, Sharat. Nobody wants me. <laughs> Bless my heart, whatever. I, I remember um, I remember a friend of mine went Brahmacharya once <laughs> and uh, he was married at the time. And sh- I was walking with Sharat and we were talking about it and what an interesting decision it was for our friend. And he said, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very good for the wife though. <laughs> and I said, uh, I didn't say anything because I was speechless, but I, in my mind, I'm thinking... <laughs> It's good for the wife if the man doesn't want to have sex with her is what I just heard. <laughs> like that's a very interesting and profound realization on your relationship with your with your wife. <laughs> Depends but on the man. Know, <laughs> but you know what I take Brahmacharya to be is just to be faithful to your partner if you have Yeah. But that's not what he meant at the moment. He meant that oh. Shruti would be much better off if he would stop coming to her for sex. <laughs> That's what he was saying. Yeah, let's let's all make the cross on our chest. Are you Catholic? Were you raised Catholic? Yes, you, you went to Catholic school. Are you I Jewish? This, I didn't I hear that this. part. No, no, I grew up Catholic. I I I, I make You're the sign of the cross, kind of. That was like a whole section of our conversation. Was she was talking about being Catholic. Yes. Really? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I gave it up. I and she gave it up. It up sure. But her sister still goes to church. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Um, no, anyway, I was so my focused no- on the foreign service thing. Oh my god! Oh, I know because it related to you and your exactly. story. Exactly. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, yes. Allison's got you pinned. Waiting for an opportunity to talk in, about myself. Yeah. And I just gloss in, over the other in stuff. In fact, though, I think you and I have had this conversation. I don't wow. know. Probably. Stover. But, um, so Any what's ahead for you, Allison? Do you think, do you think that the practice is, mm. do you feel like it's getting better? Is it sustaining you, you in know, your health? Um, is it what, mentally balancing? What's going on? You know, I'm, it's, it's a work in progress. Um, mm-hmm. What I found though, 
even when I was going through the steroid withdrawal, there were a number of years when I was living in Los Angeles when I was on disability. I've been on state disability a number of times, mm-hmm. um, but they only let you be on it for like a year and then you got to fight for that. But um, I would do my practice because Sherat told me, focus on your practice, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and even in the very beginning, it's do your practice, do your practice, all is coming. I'm like, well, what is all? What's the definition of yeah. all? What is the practice of do your practice? I mean, maybe the practice for me does not include two hours a day, six days a week doing all of primary and intermediate. And yeah. I miss yeah my practice as it was. So what I'm learning now is how to do a practice that sustains me, how to Mm -hmm. incorporate other poses in. And I mean, I had a homeopathic doctor. I mean, back, back in 2003, I'm reaching out to everybody. I'm reaching out to a man that was vegan for 30 years to ask him, you know, about my condition. I'm reaching out to a homeopathic doctor that thought it was mercury toxicity. Mm -hmm. I'm reaching out to, medical, you know, second opinions. How did I, you know, because I'm always about cause and effect. How did I cause this thing to happen to me? Mm. You know, and then I have this tumor. I'm like, how did I create this tumor? Did I create this tumor? Because I had a nutritionist in the nineties telling me I wasn't fueling my body properly, you know, and I needed to be eating beans and rice three times a week. And then I had my first endocrinologist who gave me thyroid medication to give me a boost. And he's mm-hmm. like, you can get off it at any time. And when I tried to get off it, I couldn't. And I'm still yeah. on thyroid medication yeah. 22 years later. And he's like, you need to be eating the equivalent of six chicken breasts a day, you know, to get that <laughs> protein. Now, this is 2003, you know. And yeah. then, you know, it's just been a bloody, you know, it's just been trying to figure out what works for me. And now I have so much inflammation in my body. Mm-hmm. And I left my endocrinologist because the way med- health care is in the United States these days. And now I feel like, you know, that saying, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the phrase that's, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher disappears. Yeah, I, li- I like that too. <laughs> right? That's nice. And that's true also. Uh, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. But right now there are parts of me that, you know, I got myself practice going and it was going, you know, mm-hmm. and then I would take practice with Sherat and, you know, I mean, I go off camera and I, I have this invertebrate that I hang by my knees for my scoliosis. Oh, you know? good, nice. yeah. And it's perfect for Utida Hastapada Gustasana and Artabata Hastapada yeah. It's perfect. And because um, uh, I remember when I was in Mysore, because I was there for my 10th trip, January 2020, assisting yeah. Sharat. You know, I wow. think I mentioned... Yeah. In 2015, when I had just gotten off the steroids, I went to Mysore and I was with Saraswati, you know, because then they implemented the, oh, you got to apply three months in advance. Yeah, well, that's I don't, I don't know what I, I can't commit to what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone three months in advance. <laughs> right. And, um, and Saraswati was like, you come anytime, you come anytime. And so mm-hmm. she let me come. And who do I run into the first day? Sure. Um, and he's like, Allison, who are you practicing with? Yeah. You know, like, that oh. that took our community a little while to figure out is that they were that the family members like Manju, Sharat, Saraswati, and Guruji were in competition with each other for students. <laughs> you know, and I went to Saraswati and, you know, I told him, I said, Yeah, I'm with your mom. Yeah. And I said I said, and you know what it was for me, why I went with her 
was because there was a part of me that didn't want Sharat to see my practice because I had yeah, lost Yeah, I can practice. understand that embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you have so many students now. You That's know, true. it wasn't like the day at Purple Valley when there were yeah. 80 students. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I felt that Saraswati, I would get the loving support from her, mm-hmm. which I did. Mm-hmm. But my practice still never came back, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it was it is what it is. It's my practice. Mm-hmm. That's know? right. But yeah. I still have those memories of, mm-hmm. you know, binding with my knees, you know, and him walking away. I mean, I have a funny story when when I was practicing with Saraswati, and I, um, you know, I've never been able to do Lagu Jasana. I just think it's the way. My legs are long and my arms are long and he makes me keep my arms on my ankles and I can't go down and come up. Mm-hmm. And I cheated with Saraswati. I'm like, <laughs> Saraswati, look, 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 I can do, I can do, you know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I was stuck at Lagu, yeah. and even though I can do Kapitasana, you know, and, um, and I'm like, Saraswati, look, you watch. She goes, okay, I watch. And I, I had my knees way out. I had my, my feet close you know yeah. and i i could come up you know and she's like okay very good you know and yeah. she, and she moved enough. me on yeah good she enough me on but mr <laughs> mr was out of town yeah <laughs> he, uh, he he wasn't teaching at that point and then the next time he comes in you know there's both of them in the room yeah and i go do i i do my lagu you know yeah and then i move to kapatasana and all of a sudden all hell broke loose and the next (laughs) thing i know i hear her i hear him and he's standing near me and i'm in kapatasana and i come up and he looks at me and he goes and he walks off oh nice And then, mm. and then he finished me out in intermediate, you know, That's and, then nice. he, and then he, he sort of, you know, he authorizes me level one. This is 2010. The weird thing was that everybody that got authorized in 2010, the certificates said they were valid as of 2011. Oh. And I'm like, bloody hell, what is that? Mm. And then the next, the next time I go to Sherat, I'm like, Sherat level two? You know, because yeah, I'm yeah. home, I'm home now. There's folks going to Mysore that have been practicing five years. Mm-hmm. He's authorizing them level two. They can't That's get right. beyond Kapatasana. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel so bad because now these people are boasting, oh, I'm level two. You know, there's some one. inconsistencies, Allison. <laughs> yeah, rot. Um, yeah. So, like I said, it's a work in progress. I'm just trying to find that balance because I used to be able to do my practice and then veg out all afternoon lay around you know like we do in Mysore you know go out to lunch you know what's my decision today oh am I going to go to the pool what am I going to wear you know Um, (laughs) but but it's like I found when I came back and now you know in 2000 my mom died in 2014 and she's like Mm -hmm. get a job get a job and I got a job for about two years but it almost killed me I went back out on disability and that's the time of the tumor and getting off the steroids and stuff but but it's like I, you know, I want to work, but mm-hmm. I can't, you know, work, working a, a job, you know, like an acting job is like, there's a lot involved. I don't have, to, you know, I can't wear myself out, you know, because yeah. I find it, even if I do a pri- full primary, I'm toast. I can't, sure. I don't even want to leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do a full primary. <laughs> 
But it's amazing that you're out there getting gigs. Like, you know, you're finishing projects. I know there's secret yeah. projects you can't talk about, but you're actually out yeah. there working. I think that's, you're getting yeah, secret I'm, projects. I'm that's amazing. And I think, like you said, you know, even if it's just sun salutations, like that's a practice. I think we have to reframe what it is to practice. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't do full like, primary. That's it doesn't nice. have to I've be had, full primary. <laughs> well, one thing that I, I didn't finish that thought was when I mentioned a homeopathic doctor mm-hmm. years ago that I had, he would say, gauge, okay, see how you feel two hours after you practice. Right. And if you're exhausted, you need to cut it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of still looking for that sweet spot of doing a practice, you know, and now, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, I can barely do cross and I can, I can't even jump back. I'm crawling back, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, that's okay. It is okay. That is yeah. okay. You know, but totally. there's still that part of me that longs to get into the room like we used to sure, yeah. Yeah. feel that competition, you know, but that's yeah. the thing. I, it's like- I used to, <laughs> when I was a young man, I used to be able to dunk a basketball. I'm a five, eight white person and I could dunk a basketball. That is a very long time ago. And if I could learn how to do that again, it'd be amazing. But it's like, it's not, the 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 thing is just to find balance in your life, you know. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> All is coming, including poverty and uh, grounded age and death. groundedness <laughs> to the ground. You know. <laughs> I think. I mean. Um, I I agree. It's it is a it's sort of this funny space sometimes where you look back and you can remember how things felt and how it felt easy at the time, or at least that's your memory of it. Right. But I also think back to those days, especially in Mysore where you're really like, you know, laying it all out on the yoga mat in the morning and how, like you said, your whole day is in support of that two hour practice in the morning. Um, You get to come home and take a nap and then you're going to go out for a little breakfast and then you're probably going to come home and take another nap. Mm. And then you're going to go out for maybe a little lunch. And a cuddle. <laughs> yeah. And then, cuddle. And then you're going to and then you're going to come home and like go to bed at 5 or 6 p.m. so that you can get a good night's sleep and wake up at 3 in the morning. Right? But you but there you know there are still some of those let's uh, call them rituals. There's yes. some of those rituals that like Sundays it feels sacrilegious. Mm. If I don't get up and I get on my mat, beautiful, mm. sacrilegious to practice on a Saturday because sure. remember, yeah. for the longest time we didn't. One hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Well, and that was our, you know, and it that feels, script got flipped, didn't it? And it's like, wow, you know, when things do get flipped like that, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, and you know, and then, well, what was the reasoning behind everything? You know, because we think that there's this big mythical. You know, no, nine, no times, nine times around in garbage and dust. It's was just the convenient. Nine of gestation, yeah. you know. And your practice just needs to be convenient. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. At some point, you know, maybe there's a stage in your life where you're able to, like you say, kind of do a big long practice and make it through your day and do the job and do all of that. But there's also a stage in your life where maybe that's not sustainable. And so then you have to figure out how you can practice in a way that's going to be sustainable and that is going to give you energy Mm -hmm. and help you through your day rather than 
deplete yeah. you so that you can't make it through your day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I realized, you know, that, I mean, Monty used to say the whole purpose of practice was to sit at the end. Yeah, yeah you know, that's right. And be at peace. And that's right. I yeah. can do that. And then maybe I'm like, I think I'm falling asleep. Mm. <laughs> but um, I'm at peace. But, yeah. you know, it's like I still won't go out at night because I got to get up and do my practice, you know, yeah. or I, but I, I, you know, I'm feeling the longing to be a little more disciplined because I don't know, after so many years of being so disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, or that I felt so rigid, yeah. you know, I felt rigid in my, you know, my practice and yeah. I, but I longed but then the discipline, you know, like when I got my diagnosis, I'm like, oh my God, I got to question everything in my life now. I yeah. cause and effect. How did I cause right. this? You know? And I'm like, what did I do to create this tumor? What did I, you know? And like the doctor that told me I would never recover is like, you know, Allison, sometimes people just get sick, you yeah. know, and, right. and here's an antidepressant. And I'm like, bye boy. Okay. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, but it's like, I do long for going to bed and I still wake up every, I mean, I'm the worst sleeper in the world. You know, I'll pass Mm -hmm. out. It's like, okay, I have five minutes left. I have to take my liquid multi-minerals and I have to take my magnesium and I have to brush my teeth and I have to get my night guard and I have to get in bed because I've got like two minutes left before I just go out, you know? (laughs) But then I wake up at one o'clock every morning and then I'm like, yep, I got to go back to bed. And then I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I say, I should get up, you know, but it's dark and cozy. It does. It does sound like the cortisol is firing at random times, and it's yeah. cortisol wake is what wakes us up when it does. Yeah, but so. anyway, so I am on a new course without my endocrinologist, who is my, and I do miss Sherat deeply. You know, mm-hmm. I'll probably take a, maybe I'll tune into his lead class when he's in Miami just to hear Something the sound like of that. his voice and. Yeah. Um, um, I, I play, I record it. I know that's a no-no, but you know, whatever. I, I, I don't back. think there are any no-nos. I, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I listen for personal to use your... and not public distribution. It's yeah, fine. It's your I listen to him and I can't yeah. keep up with that count because it's so slow, you know, and yeah. I'm like, but, but then there will be poses where, you know, it's four five and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm at that in this pose, you know, and I, yeah, yeah. And, um, I, I can catch up to him at some point yeah. or he catches up to me in the back bends when I'm like taking a million breaths and do trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't do upward dog anymore. It's, it's, Ooh. and so he called me on it in the last, in one of these last lead classes. It would also, you know, upward dog. I was doing Cobra cause I can't really do it. And, um, I thought, you know, I think I'm just going to keep doing Cobra, honestly. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean when i was there in 2020 assisting him um i'm like okay he's gonna see it he's gonna see the good the bad and the ugly you know sure. and um i i always had the placard you know that was like do not touch me you know it was wonderful that he's got these placards that you can put out like i'm mm. no assistance that stuff right. you know yeah and hmm. um I'm like, don't touch, don't, don't have them touch me. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think I, I think I've traumatized, you know, young students in classes, you know, cause they're always using my body as an example. I'm like, 
dude, I'm paying you monthly. Don't, you know, go use somebody else. I yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I want to do my practice. And then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I mean, we had the whole me too. And, you know, mm-hmm. let's ask before we touch. And, um, you know, I'm at that point now where it's like, I don't need, you know, if, if Chuck didn't correct me in 18 years, I don't need you coming, you know, but, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but at this point, you know, it's all love, but he, you know, I'm, I'd be like, Hey, Sherrod, when can I start an immediate? Because after, after the steroid withdrawal, I'm practicing with him, with him 2016 and I'm just yeah. sticking to intermediate waiting for him to tell me, I mean, right. I'm sticking with primary waiting for him to give me permission. Like I do yeah. with everything in my life, waiting for somebody to give me permission. And, mm-hmm. and I've learned that this, this younger generation would rather ask for forgiveness than ask for, yeah. you know, I yeah. see the young people these days just going for it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I need to take lessons from you. But, um, <laughs> but he, you know, at the very last day, I said, well, Sherat, when can I start intermediate again? And he looked at me like I have three eyes on my forehead. And he's like, you can do now. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, why didn't you tell me, you know? Yeah. Well, why didn't I ask sooner? But I just need to incorporate some back bent, you know, like Ustrasana. Or, yeah, you know, sure. I miss Kapatasa. I need to, I need to be more disciplined now, which... And that Maybe can I give will. you that Maybe can give you a lot of energy too. Those back bends, you know, even even just doing that first little bit of intermediate series can that be can just be your practice. Yeah, for it's people who have really hamstring injuries, sweet practice. That's the recipe. <laughs> you know, don't do any primary at all. Just do the, the first part of yeah. the intermediate. It can give well, you some I, really nice energy. I thank you for permission yeah. to <laughs> let go of beating myself up because I can't do it and then throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You know, I have a friend that's like, I'm like, damn, you know, I've spent so much money with yoga, yeah. you know, lessons. And I, I did a stand-up routine once. It's on YouTube somewhere, but <laughs> you got to watch the longer version. It's like damn it you know the yo the the yoga mats the mat bags the yeah teacher training courses the workshops the this the that i could have bought a house yeah, yeah. we all could have <laughs> bought a house and it's like all the money yeah. that has been spent in the training mm-hmm. you know i just need to incorporate and make it a beautiful experience for now yeah, yeah. now instead of like living in the past or regret or yeah. what was and it could be still you know i mean yeah i could go back to mysore and you know you could do anything do it right yeah but that's i i just i really want to thank you for coming on the show and and talking to us about your personal experience it's 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 a rich tapestry and i think that's uh th- that's probably where we should leave it is living in the now and <laughs> being our being our best person now because that's all we have no. i think yeah I working think working with what we got working with what we've got one thing that i remember is like you know cuz with chuck just every sunday and going to my corporate job mm. and this that and the other that when i finally got around to paying attention to the eight limbs mm-hmm. yeah. the and the niyamas and I'm reading the yamas and the niyamas, and I'm going, oh, my God, they happened, mm. <laughs> happened over this period. Yeah. It's not like I had to study them and go, I'm going to, right. you know, stop lying. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going, you know, it, like it happened. It just happened, you yeah. know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was a beautiful revelation for me mm. is that 
you know, the practice was, it worked. It worked. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I think that's that's a beautiful takeaway too, right? Like we do so much discipline and so much tapas to like start to burn out those impurities. But once they're burned out, maybe you don't need such a strong tapas so much anymore, right? <laughs> maybe it's like, yeah. oh, I could be a little softer and I can yeah. I can approach this a little differently now. And and you know, like Madi said, if at the end of your practice, it's about being able to sit and like focus your mind and feel peace and focus on the breath. I mean, right. who says that you have to do that at the end of an hour and a half or two hours? Like maybe that can happen. Like maybe you can just sit down and like. Do yes. It. <laughs> yes. I, I, I need to work on my, um, my sweet vocabulary. <laughs> You know, speaking like a yogi, mm. you, you don't know, with a do. kind voice. You can I be think you have you. a very kind voice. You can just be you. you. And well, thank I, you for being I, you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you. I, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sure people will find you along along the road, along the path, especially if they're in L.A. or in Mysore. Well, yeah. where where could people find you if they wanted to work? Allison Stover, gmail.com. Don't get any easier than that. You just need to know how to spell my name. We will put that in the show notes. And your Instagram. And your Instagram. It's always fun oh. to follow you. It's that people can find you if they want to work with you. Bless but, you guys. You're so sweet. I miss you. Well, we all just miss hanging out at the chai stand and we miss hanging out after yoga. And this is what this really feels like for us is, is everybody's had a good practice and now we're just going to hang out and chat. So thank you for doing (laughs) that with us. Thank you for asking me and thank you for giving me the support to keep on and to find that sweet spot. Yes. Find the sweet spot. Find the sweet spot. (laughs) That's a title if I ever heard one. Me too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a hard wind and the soil